Welcome back to the show. You know, it's been a rough couple of weeks out there in politics and in the world in general, and so I'm happy to be back in the shed with the two most ancient friends I have, also the longest standing. I could be jeopardizing that record by talking this way, but there it is. This is going to be episode 80-something, I think. Hi, sorry about that. PJ here. I'm just breaking in to tell you that this episode was actually recorded at the end of February, so a bunch of the time references, the early onset of coronavirus, some of the political nonsense that was happening at the time, is a little bit dated. So your challenge is going to be to try to remember that we were talking about a month and a half ago when this was recorded. I still think you'll be able to have fun, but I thought I should try to explain that now. Uh, It's episode 83, but it was actually recorded way back there someplace. Okay, hope that helps. Which is mind-boggling by itself. And I just wanted to note as we enter, it's been two years, two years for us now with this episode since we started doing this. Yeah, speaking for myself, two solid years of pretty good entertainment. Our numbers don't necessarily reflect that as a universal opinion, but hey, who cares? Feels more like Not five me. years. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've aged 10, but you know, that doesn't have much to do with the podcast. Uh, And we're going to talk about our usual selection of entertaining stuff from, uh, you know, heroes from the early days on our podcast to our health issues. Because, you know, our our little tagline says, three old guys who should have better things to do, talk about whatever's of interest to them. What is more interesting to old guys than their medical issues? So look forward to that. You've got some it's gardening. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. If you've got some gardening or crocheting that you need to get done, something where you don't want your concentration affected, this podcast is right up your alley. So here we go. Yeah, no, I didn't know that Simon and Garfunkel, Mrs. Robinson was assigned. Like, I don't know. It makes sense, doesn't it? But I didn't realize, like, the movie producer said, hey, can you write us a song? And it needs to be about Mrs. Robinson. The movie's going to be called Mrs. Robinson. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. I I didn't know it either. But when you think about it, how else could it be? Right? Yeah, it makes like, sense. They're, they don't just write a song about Mrs. Robinson. Well, make a movie. Let's make that. a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I never knew that either. But it, a hundred makes sense. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Anyway, well, we tend to think of musicians as guys that follow their muse, just like artists. Yeah, like and Ken Lum, they, specifically Ken, Ken Lum. Yeah, yep. he definitely follows his muse, and his muse is beautiful and inventive and creative. Steve! <laughs> and I just want to congratulate you, RJ, for having Sue do your dirty work to get me all bent out of shape about Steve Exactly. Again. So here's how that played out in the background. <laughs> Sue sends it to me only. And, Tell our viewers what we're uh, talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, so this is an article about Ken Lum, and we mentioned him in the past, local artist, did a piece about uh, Sue's brother, Steve, uh, taking his high school photograph and putting the letters Steve above his head. Uh, And this article actually spent a good two paragraphs on what the writer's belief, what it was all about. It was all BS, right? Uh, But I said, how come you only sent it to me? You know, you need to, you know, you need to wind skin up. (laughs) She goes, yeah, I was kind of, I didn't know. I thought, I felt we'd been overdoing that a bit. I said, no, 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 you got to send it to him. He says, no, you can't overdo the winding of him up. That's impossible. So I was actually not wound up, but it was funny. I laughed. Holy Dinah. And I did send Sue my actual, calm, considered, objective 
I did. It yes. was not. It was not all loaded. Is this anymore. the new you? By the way, I've no. noticed this a bit lately. No, but right? it, well, he's a little bit tolerant. And well, he's yeah. He came in with a little bit of something today. I, I sent him in a whole article that called us old white folks settlers, and he's like, "Yeah, they're right to call us that." When did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't remember that. I I will say that. So I was talking about before you got here and before we started recording. Uh-huh. And I don't know if this will make it or not. It was the new you, like yeah, talking like reasonably, new, is what the, I'm saying. Or? Yeah, there's there's some like. So I started fooling around on Twitter. You follow me on Twitter, so you know all the posts I've been doing. You've been busy on Twitter. I've been Sue busy. called that out as well. She said he's been posting quite a bit lately. And uh, it's just a little exploration, more or less. It's kind mm. of fun. I see people I think are funny or attractive or whatever on there. I was telling Moby, it's really easy mostly to avoid most of the really heinous crap that's on there because there is a lot. Yeah, you just skip the replies. There's a lot of super ignoramus stuff, a lot of super vitriol. Yeah, but I mean the people that you follow. A lot of them are gonna... political. Like I follow a lot yeah. of indigenous guys. Yeah. And my realization has been, so there's other stuff going on. You know, I'm old. But my realization has been I've never done anything. And... The indigenous situation in Canada is pretty bad. <laughs> I guess that's not really news to anybody, but no. it's pretty bad. And yeah. we continue to do less than nothing about it. We continue to promise and then send in the troops. Yeah, we just can't figure out the clean water. It's just so complicated. Yeah, no, there's a whole bunch going on, like the blockade in Wet'suwet'en territory. Prime Minister gets involved. And he says, we got to have a meaningful uh, dialogue, and I, we got to talk to the hereditary chiefs, and in the end, they just send in the cops, and they send them in, in Ontario to deal with the Mohawks as well. So, and they arrest them, right? They just, it's just, we're going to enforce these laws, and there's no conversation about why Indigenous guys say stuff like, don't bother with the whole ceded or unceded land conversation because nothing in BC was ever really ceded. So that Wet'suwet'en territory was never ceded. And besides that, in all the conversations that there's kind of no word in most of the First Nations languages in use in the 17 and 1800s for ceded, their concept is share, not we'll give you ownership. Yeah, that was that Canada Land podcast. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. That's exactly what it was. So that's all kind of where you sort of think, oh, this is awful. Like it's well, to, Yeah, awful. to be fair, the whole thing's not solvable at this point, though, right? Well, no, not necessarily, it's, but continuing to pretend that nothing can change or should change is, to me, really wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think lots of stuff can change. And then you get guys like Shear. He gets on there and he says a whole bunch of... Like, so at one point in Alberta, some yeah. some guys in a pickup truck arrived at a blockade. This is all predictable, though. It is, but it's just terribly sad that it's so predictable. It's terribly sad that it doesn't ignite outrage, really. No. Well, we these need guys, less outrage, right? Hmm? We need less outrage. Well, yes and no. I mean, the outrage that I'm talking about is guys arriving in a pickup truck, daring anybody to oppose them as they take down a blockade and drive away. And then a provincial leader... And they walk Gun right thugs. In. Sorry? Gun thugs. That's what they used to call them. That's the kind of thing that Peter McKay might call them. Uh-huh. Our wannabe conservative federal leader and J- J- Jason Kenney, our present conservative provincial leader, also uses language like that. 
Real unhelpful. Real unhelpful. It's allowed to happen. And then our leaders come along and they say, we shouldn't allow a small group of extremists and gun thugs to hold the rest of the country ransom. Oh, I see. Yeah, gun thugs was a term that was used mostly on the strike-breaking side, so so not not usually used against the strikers. Yeah. So when I said gun thugs, I meant the guys that show up in the pickup truck yeah, that yeah. tear things down. I don't yeah. know if that gun thugs, but thugs was definitely used. And I mean, yeah. the point but, is yeah. for me, it's not a small group. There was thousands of people in the streets in Toronto this week. Yeah, protesting yeah. in support of that. It's not a few radical guys. Not They're protesting in support of the wet sweat and No, blockade. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, the conservative side is always saying, yeah, these were hired crisis actors. They were brought in from the States or well, whatever. Yeah. And they're also... But this is kind of just normal life. Well, normal I haven't... Stuff, maybe right? I, and this is maybe the deal. Maybe I just haven't ever known that it was this incendiary before. Because that kind of language, to me, does provoke other people to take even more rash action, whether it is defensive or offensive, right? It, to me, yeah. it's just like, oh. Aren't you encouraged by the number of uh, uh, protesters yeah, this I am. time around? Yeah, I am. But there's a- I'm very discouraged by Trudeau saying he's going to do something to negotiate and then just send it in the cops because... But is that really... That's pretty like you much don't really it. know what happened behind the scenes. Uh, if you read through, you can get direct reports from the Mohawk guys and the wet sweat and leaders. I don't know. Well, unless somebody else is doing their tweeting for them. Yeah, I think, I think there's six key leaders, right? Don't know. And uh, I don't know. I just assume that we're not going to get the truth on this kind of thing. We, it'll be real hard. I will from either you that. side. From yeah, either grant side. you that. It'd be very yeah. hard. There's stuff going on too, like uh, internal dissent within bands. Yeah, there would be. That would be lot. normal. Yeah, and that probably in large part stems back to having their their current forms of government imposed upon them. Yeah, back yeah. in the 20s, they just sort of said, "Look, we're going to have an agency that deals with uh, Indians at the time." And this is the kind of governance you're going to have in your bands if you're going to get money from us. And these are the people we're going to deal with. And all of it was kind of foreign to them. You know? just, what I, just to circle back, I just never thought you would become a social justice warrior. Me either. And if anybody calls me woke, there's really going to be trouble. Real trouble. Oh, I heard the term wokies lately. Jeez, I, I thought that. that was great. Like, kind of, you know, looking at the crazy rabid right-wingers and the crazy rabid left-wingers, and they're calling the left yeah. crazy, the wokies, which well, I, I kind of like that. A lot of the indigenous guys are oh, yeah. filled with contempt for people like me who've suddenly decided they maybe are going to care. Yeah. Like, where have you been for 180 years? A lot of them are, like, yeah. good, show right. up, be there, but a lot of them are just like... Get out of Dodge, you idiot. You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. So anyways, okay. there's all that, and I just think, oh. it's. Yeah. So I was going to ask you guys, are you more worried about Canadian politics or indigenous <laughs> politics or American politics or coronavirus? There's four oh, choices. American for now, because it's 2020. November's coming for me. Yeah. Yep. November's coming. Okay, Jay. <laughs> Um, those are good top four, I'd say. They're all pretty good, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but which one are you most worried about? And thank you, I stole half of those from some tweet someplace, but anyways. Which am I most worried about? Oh, I don't know. Pick one. Uh, I gotta say, America or Corona. Yeah. I think I'm Canadian politics, because the indigenous business doesn't get settled without politics, and our 
politics is in some disarray, I think. I think. You're I think frowning at me again. No, I just think it's a flare-up. Maybe. That, uh, it could flare for months instead of weeks. And the coronavirus flare-up as well. Uh, literal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, and I'm, it could kind of get worse. And it's I'm, definitely worse than the other two yeah. coronaviruses, the SARS and the MERS. It's just like statistically the numbers are higher, more rampant. But still, I mean, the flu deaths are way, still way outnumbering. Yeah. Is it running any higher than about 2.5% right now? Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked for a while. No, but I mean the flu deaths in real numbers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're somewhere between 2,000 and 6,000 in Canada Ooh. every year. I thought, oh, in Canada, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, real high. And um, I'm way more worried about American politics than coronavirus. Yeah. Um, so, well, that'll get straightened out, though. In November, we'll get, it's all going to be good. So what's should been we, new with you guys? Should we take bets? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's um, is... Uh, I have 45 beer already on Bernie to win. Okay. Bernie, that's specific, though. Why didn't you just go for demo, Democrats to win? Oh, so Bernie to win the Democratic nomination. Well, no, no. 15 beer for Bernie is POTUS. Fif, uh, 15 beer said 15 beer he doesn't even get the nomination so i've got 15 beer that gets the nomination to start of yeah, course. yeah yeah and then that's a pretty good and that's a straight across no odds no odds no oh, odds. that's a good, good one good. yeah you're well on your way to breaking even for sure because and then well he's got trump wins 2020 but that's the same as birdie just the backwards but it's a it's actually a 30 beer bet i guess right because there's still a small chance of somebody other than bernie in the dems right oh yeah so there's a gap between your Bernie wins and his Trump wins. There's a nobody wins. Oh, I don't. Th- I, I think it's bigger nice. than a small chance that somebody could over. No, but that's just a, catch up to Bernie and overtake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a nice point there. Neither <laughs> but, of you yeah. bet on a Democrat other than Bernie winning. Yeah, I'll, well, just, I didn't. You know, neither did he. He said Trump's going to win. I guess you collect if anybody other than Trump wins, right? On that one, on the, that 15. Yeah. You yeah. better check yeah. in with a bookie on that. He'll hold the actual. Yeah, you better review your contract yeah. there. I, I can go sour pretty fast. I'm, I'm sadly, I'm thinking Trump's going to win again. Yeah, well, yeah. Because you think he can beat Bernie? Yeah. Yes. Can he beat anybody? Yes. Well, that's a very uh, sad outlook on life. It is, actually. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not pretending to be happy that I think that, but that's what I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but whatever. It's in nature I mean, to think the bad outcomes. Is that fair? No. Awfulizing. Actually, awfulizing. I think so. Wouldn't that be an awful? I think some could call it awfulicious. <laughs> uh, although, it's kind of funny when you're an awfulicious wokey. Well, my resolution this week, after all that exposure, is to try and radiate love, boys. Yeah. That's a true thing. I'm going to be on Twitter and just try to be that guy. I was going to ask you, Skinny, although you just mentioned that, but is there something a little bit more practical than radiate love? Like, are you like something actual? No, but I'm, I'm never going to vote strategically ever again, for sure. I will vote from now on idealistically, which is, sounds like nothing, but my whole life until this last election, I always voted strategically, sort of the hold your nose and vote kind of vote. Not doing that anymore ever. I made my first ever political donation last fall 
bit of a mistake because now they're going to hound me to my grave. But still, <laughs> I did that out of that same nascent idealism. And then I don't know after that. I don't know. So when you, if you say you're going to vote idealistically, are you, are you talking about like your MP? Are you voting specifically for your MP or do you go bigger than that for the idealism of the leader? I go party. Party. So if I look at the conservative platform, they've got a bunch of stuff in there. And then if on top of that, I see some rabid warmongering racist like Peter McKay, I think to myself, nah, I'm not feeling that. I'm not, I'm not voting for that guy. And so, but what about, what about if your MP is just really... Super duper mega awesome? Yeah. And I'll deal with that when it happens. Oh, okay. Which so far at the federal level has never happened to me. Right. Yes, yeah, so I guess no matter what you do, at some level you're voting strategically because you're going, okay, I'll hold my, hold my nose at the local guy because I want that leader. Or I'll hold my nose at that leader because I want that party. Yeah. Um, what you're saying is you won't vote against someone. You'll, I don't know, not sure, but you'll, you'll try and minimize the amount yeah. of strategy. And truthfully, you know what? Now that you mention it, I don't actually remember a time when I had a whole bunch of information about a local client. You know, local. what businesses they were involved in, what stances they had taken. Yeah, and there's, that not stuff. there's not I, much. There's not much. I don't yeah. recall a time when I made a vote for or against a federal candidate because of what the local MP had yeah, been yeah. doing. I voted for Svend one time. Yeah. Because of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pre his theft thing. Not that the theft thing necessarily is a. Yeah decision maker, but, but I certainly liked the fact that he didn't always follow party line. That was kind of really important to me. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm seeing some of that in my, my favorite Bowen Ma. Mm-hmm. She's MLA, right? She, yeah. She's an MLA in Lower Lawnsdale. Oh, she's, she's uh, a little outside, I think the party lines with regard to the indigenous situation and a couple other things. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's a bit more. Yeah. And I like that a lot. I'm I'm very pleased with that. Maybe maybe because they didn't give her a cabinet post, she's decided the hell with it. I'm just going to do me. So how you guys been? It's been weeks. <sighs> well, you've three. now heard my whole emotional journey. So I I'm, believe it's been three weeks. I've been sick for three weeks, coughing. Right. Yeah. We were going to have you over for dinner and Sue says, no, you're not going to come over and cough all over everything. That's fine. Um, didn't you mention Corona in your, for last week? Uh, yeah, because I was in the hospital, it took me seven hours to get through emergency because there's, and this is my theory. I mean, I did overhear a few conversations. People are checking themselves in for the flu more often than they would have. You know, most people just sit the flu through, but right now I think people are more inclined to go into the hospital and get checked over. Just in case. Yeah. And I, you know, you can't blame anybody for, for yeah, wanting yeah. that. It's pretty scary. And, and you think that's the seven hour wait is there's that many more people hanging around? I think around. so. You know, I didn't really pull a nurse aside and say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about my theory here. But uh, yeah. Here's my commitment on coronavirus, boys. If I turn out to be dying of coronavirus. And I call it being coronal, yeah. Coronal. If I turn out to be coronal or corvidial, uh, I'm going to buy a lottery ticket as my second to last act before leaving this earth. I'm going to buy a lottery ticket because I think if I become coronal and begin to die of it, I'll have beaten some really crazy Amazing odds. odds, yeah. So I think a lottery ticket is in order. Okay. Just want you to know that. Maybe you can just write me and Moby into your will as well. Just nope. a part uh, of it. Oh, I know. Just the ticket. Uh, no. 
Yeah, for the ticket. Yeah, to share in the ticket proceeds. Why would I do that? Because you like us so much. Yeah, yeah. We've done so much to support you and your, your journey <laughs> yeah. through coronal yeah. activity. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll suddenly become really nice to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, RJ, um, you just mentioned you were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because this is, you know, this podcast is three old guys. Uh-huh. It only stands to reason that a thing that it occurs to us to talk about is our medical issues. All well, I know how much it, um, how fascinating it is to the listenership yeah, as well. I know. <laughs> you know, that it generates well, an avalanche. If it's fascinating to us, it's got to be fascinating to them too, <laughs> right? Be. Oh, we're back to my average Canadian theory again. Yeah, no, I, I've noticed a real uptick in uh, listener mail every time you talk about health or we talk about health. It's crazy. We'll get two in a month instead of one. <laughs> I actually brought in a piece of medical equipment with me today. I wanted to show to you guys. Is it going to be gross? Because that otoscope Probably. thing was pretty gross. This is a little thing that I'm going to wear around my wrist tonight. It just skates, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to use the otoscope later today, but that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, thank God. Yeah. This goes around my wrist tonight while I sleep. And then then uh, it's a it, it's the size of a very large wristwatch. Uh, and it has a cable, a short cable that will go to a unit that sits over my finger, my index finger. As I sleep, they're going to measure me for sleep apnea. Now I got diagnosed as a minor, minor apneac like five or six years ago. And <laughs> do you I, suffer from minor apnea? It's not a big deal. Like, like I can't be heard snoring through a door, but you know, I do snore loud enough uh, that I wear a, a device that kind of reduces my snoring and it works pretty well. And it's not a big deal to me, but the thing is that they, they need to blast my kidney stones. Like I got two kidney stones, one of which is the size of a thumbnail. So it's a good size one tucked in a pocket in a kidney. They need to put me asleep, wow. run a tube up the old urethra, wow. through the bladder, right into the kidney, and open up the James Bond little laser thing, and just start blasting away at this thing. Wow. In slow motion, I believe it happens. Does it have here. a camera in it? Uh, yeah, it's got the camera. Is it like, what's and it's steerable. The Incredible Voyage? Are there going to be little shrunken uh, people in there? There are people in there that go in, yeah, and there's a whole team. Awesome. But it'll it'll be just like for them. It'll be like when a glacier calves into the ocean. That's what your kidney stone will look like. Oh, it's going to be amazing. They get to watch it get blasted <laughs> apart while I'm sleeping. Right? I know. And it becomes a bunch of small pebbles at that point, you know, with sharp little edges, I'm sure. And then I think I drink a whole bunch of water in the you weeks following and keep, you know, use the filter and go, oh, there's another one. So you're not oh, going to get ow, away. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. You're not going to get away scot-free then. Well, I don't know. The worst part of it is that the last time they did this, they failed. They didn't have as good of equipment as they do this time, and they couldn't turn a corner tight enough, and they couldn't quite get to it. You know, I think I mentioned this when you texted me And the that. worst part about it was because I was diagnosed with sleep apnea, they do a different procedure because they're putting you under, and they have a fear that they use opiates, I think, as part of putting you under. Anyway, they have a fear that you're going to have an obstruction, like, sleep apnea people have in the middle of the night, you know, that wakes you up a thousand times every night, but you can't wake up because you're put, been put under. Now, all of a sudden you simply stop breathing and it's like crazy stuff, code, whatever's people running around. So to get around that, 
they jam a tube down through your nostrils and then down your yeah, that's what windpipe. I'm going to ask you so that there is now an airflow, and that thing hurts when you wake up. It's oh, mm. you sound kind of like a <laughs> you give me some water. No, and they don't. and then they don't even want to give you good pain meds because they're worried that'll put you back to sleep. And they've already yanked the tube out. You just keep so going around. Like, it around doesn't hurt. It hurts. It, it hurts. doesn't hurt. They give you a pain med, you go to sleep, they stick a tube up your nose oh, because they have to. Nauseous as well, because they're using the low grade stuff. Oh, you know, they put the, the stuff that puts you under that makes you nauseous because that's the stuff that is less. Anyway, the whole thing is my, you know, kidney guy says, I, you know, I don't really think I have sleep apnea. And he goes, yeah, but once you've been diagnosed, we got to do this. I tell you what, let's retest you. So that's what tonight is about. Uh-huh. Haven't eaten any. Uh, Have drink. you Googled up how to beat the test? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I could put in my little chompers, right? Yeah, just and, uh, Yeah, beat the test and then die, right? <laughs> but but on the other hand, I won't wake up all you nauseous won't have and pain throat. Yeah. You just give it to Sue. See, this is why. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. This is why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's she nice, Bill. Urine test and everything. Right? <laughs> this is why I'm the successful person I am because I think this stuff through. Just get Sue to do it. Yeah, then you'll die. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if you want to look at it or I not. I do. I want to see It's your job that. to tell me what this is worth. Should I lose it? And do you know the answer to that, I bet? I know the answer to that. I just signed a little thing today. <laughs> it's in a big insurance thing. Okay, so I'm looking at this thing right now, and it looks like many bike computers I have seen in, in my life. Um, I guess on its cost of replacement, should I or anybody inadvertently destroy it by throwing it in a live fire that I could probably hit right from here, is 500 bucks because everything that hospitals buy costs way more than you would ever imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Way more. All right, and KJ, would, come on down. I would never imagine more than 500 bones are, even for a hospital. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? So it's measuring heart rate in your thing? Yeah, oh, I mean... Well, it, I guess it's your heart rate here. Yeah, is that just your temp? No. Yeah, no, no. I actually didn't ask. You know, the reason it, it might be on your wrist is simply to have a, a quick cable to your finger. So maybe all the measurements are in the finger, including heart rate and oxygen level. Because I know it does measure oxygen level. I bet you a dollar it's heart. The main, it does heart rate and it does oxygen level. And the main point of the oxygen level is if you're going, like if you kind of stop breathing, um, your oxygen level plummets in your bloodstream. And that's what it measures. But how does it get that? How does it get that? You guys have never been in the hospital when they put the little clip on your finger? I've had the little clip. The little clip is oxygen level. That's what it's measuring. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Special rays. Yeah. It's a red light. Yeah, those little red lights. So when I point (laughs) the clicker at the TV, I could be taking its oxygen level because it has a little red light. There's a bunch of people that are shrunken down. (laughs) And they kind of make their way through the pores. <laughs> was it Incredible Voyage or Fantastic Voyage? I can't remember. I think fantastic. it's Fantastic Voyage because Incredible Voyage That's is the dogs or something. Me since yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And there's Raquel nice and I don't. Oh, know. Yeah. That's right. uh, well, I believe Richard Basehart would be in that one. I, I and uh, think the, so. The, the older bald guy. Yeah, that's the guy. I English accent guy. Uh, oh. We should know his name. Oh. Did a lot of pe- did all the monkeys die this week? <laughs> like a oh, lot really? of people are who? Well, oh, I didn't hear that. A couple of monkeys died this week. No way. Who? Which ones? Well, Peter Turk 
died a little while ago, right? Or quite a while ago? Or I, I'm, I don't know. I think Mickey he Dolenz. They've just been on tour recently. Oh, him? No, no, no. But by recently, I mean like six months ago. Maybe that's what did it. So Mickey Dolenz, and then I thought Mickey Dolenz was six months ago or something. He was sort of the first one, but I thought there was another Peter Tork. I think okay this week or Mike Nesmith. No. And anyway, then Davy Jones, and that's it. We've covered them all. So I think people are dying all around us. I think we should just let our listeners know what amazing restraint we've displayed in this conversation so far. What? Nobody has pulled out a phone and lost themselves in Google to find any of this stuff out. Yeah. I'll go one more. Bet you a dollar. Mm, I was going to say that Lee of Courtney will know all this stuff. Oh, yeah, without looking it up. Without looking mm, it up. She'll know who died course. when. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, we're the show dogs. Oh, and speaking of faithful listeners, boys. Yes. Michael of Coquitlam, uh-huh. who once gave us a six beer donation, okay. if you recall, is in Rossland this week, skiing. What a boy. He's staying down near, uh, well, on Spokane Street, well well down on Spokane Street. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. So shout out to them. Hey, how's Rosalind? It's a lot of snow. I saw some pictures, a lot of snow. Good. And uh, let's see, since RJ is busying himself with the thing, make sure you get a picture of that because we'll, oh, make sure you get a picture of that device all deployed. I believe we haven't had an answer yet. KJ, you didn't venture a dollar amount, did you? On, oh, you're right. Oh, oh, right. Uh, I think it's, I, I'm going less. I think it's simpler than that. I'm going to say overpriced, it's uh, $300. Okay, let's do the uh, higher, lower game then, and we'll start uh, at 500 Higher. Oh, 750 Higher. No way. A grand? Keep it coming. Higher. 1500 really? Higher. No, come on. For that thing, two grand? Two grand. How did you know? You gotta be kidding me. The two thousand dollars. Wow, man. So Fuck. look lock your doors tonight. Because if I was a hospital, <laughs> I'd send somebody in to grab that thing and destroy it because they could make money hand over fist on this. <laughs> you know that somebody in the bureaucracy is just going, man, two thousand bucks, how's that sound? I think the idea is that they have people lined up to test every morning, right? And if the thing disappears, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of people are getting procedures delayed because yeah, well, they can't get tested. So I, I suspect they just go, let's make it so ridiculous that people will be extra careful with it and won't dump it and drop it in the toilet or, you yeah, know. Yeah, but $1,000, you're going to be extra careful with that, aren't you? Yeah, that's I mean. going to be enough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I immediately brought it over here to the shed. <laughs> Two feet from it around. And, you know, I never forget anything. Here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Two grand. Wow, man. That's just, so that's all their costs of reorder and shipping and inventorying, all of that, as well as, as you say, the disruption to doctor schedules and patients. But two grand? I feel like stealing it and ransoming it back to you for a grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I'll split it with you. Yeah. We'll just you bump him over the say, head as he goes out yeah. to his car. Ransom it back for an iMac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I was kind of like had some nausea at home. Uh, and then and then I could deal with the nausea, but I worry that it could be a block ball because I have a history of that happening, right? And then my kidney starts hurting, 
right? And then so I'm going, I don't like this. This is like, I don't like pain, right? So in, in I go to emergency, and that was when I had to wait the seven hours. But in the intake, they call it triage, that, you know, that's when they ask you the questions. They're only allowed one code, like, why are you here type code, right? So they, you know, like, although they write down any symptoms you're having, could be a hundred symptoms, there's going to be a code for why are you here? And he made me choose between a blocked bowel and a pain in my kidney, right? So I don't know. I found that interesting. Maybe. What'd you choose? I chose the kidney at the. He says, "Why?" It was a strategic. You no, know, he says. Report. He says, "Why are you? What brought you here?" Like he was trying to ask me in a way that I would finally give him an answer because I'm struggling with it. And I, well, I suppose it was the kidney because that was. Really, you just finished telling us that it was the kidney. Yeah, right, right. So anyway, but by the time I was in there, they were treating me for, you know, a blocked bowel, like jam the tube down. It's funny, when they put the tube through your nose, right, they actually can sometimes run it down the windpipe when they mean to send it down the esophagus. I'm sure they <laughs> that, can. Yeah, can you imagine if that happened, right? So how many people? <laughs> oh, I'm breathing really well. How many people's <laughs> gag reflex has been inadvertently triggered by that experience? Yeah, yeah, and I don't mean to scare any of your listeners yeah, who I'm have scared. to go through this procedure, but it's, yeah, it's not all that fun. No, mm. I'm scared. I don't ever, oof. Yeah, so anyway, they uh, ran me in for an x-ray, and the x-ray says, yeah, yeah, you got it down the, wrong, the correct pipe. So, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say the wrong Yeah, but uh, that whole thing just kind of solved itself, which it can, right? You know, like it's not a full blockage. It's just kind of a narrowing. And uh, Anyway, I, th- I know that you guys really want to see this. This is uh, the actual artwork of my uh, gastroenterologist. shows the uh, colon, uh, the, big, the big one around the side, and it shows the little connection to the ileum, which is the kind of the end of the small intestine. And he shows a little narrowing there that the CT scan showed. And he shows those little tiny circles there are inflammation. So, we got to uh, put that on the website in 100. Oh, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. It is, actually. Yeah, it's my, my, health, my health records. I had a Open CT scan this week as well. Did you really? For your esophagus? For my heart. Okay. Let's hear it. Well, it was really quite fun, I thought. Arms up. Did you have to do your arms up? Uh, uh, like this, I think, uh-huh. behind my head. It was, and it was in Vancouver, no, was BGH? Like yeah. But he, I go in, and he says, okay, yeah, just lie down here, put your head here, leave your shoes on. I'm thinking I'm getting the full gown, you know, disrobe, full gown. So you, that's, get, you got regular clothes on? Regular clothes. <laughs> you can leave your toque on, he says. Okay. <laughs> He says, uh, I'm going to put a, the blood pressure thing on one arm. So I took my sweater off, and I just had a T-shirt. But then it was quite cold, so I just lay my sweater on top. So he did that, and then he does the intravenous here. Oh, because they got to send a uh, dye through yeah, your yeah. blood. Go in. The thing's doing its business, you know, for maybe six minutes max, the Is whole it, thing. It's saying, like, breathe in. Yeah, yeah. And I notice that I go in for a bit, and then I get an adjustment that like the whole machine moves a little oh, bit, pushes yeah. me in a little tiny bit and a little bit this way because he's moving over to my heart a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I feel the die. Oh, yes, yes. And you, you feel it right here. Yeah. And instantly, they say you, you think you're going to pee. Yes. Well, I think I'm going to poo. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I'm not sure which one, so I'm clenching everything down there. Oh, boy. Of course, nothing... Yeah. That's not really happening. No, right? I know what you mean, but yeah, yeah. But I swear it took two seconds from here to here, and from, the machine stopped. From your neck down to your crotch. 
two seconds. But the machines just stopped. Yeah. Like that was it. That's all. And I went, oh, doesn't the dye sort of have to set up? And he said, no, when, you, when they do this, the blood pressure thing is that they line up, they give you beta blockers so that my blood, your blood pressure has to be low under 64 beats or your, your yeah. whatever it is, 64. Pounds. And as soon as the machine lines up to your pulse, that's when the die goes in and they want exactly that. Wow. So that the machine is going, either you get it here or here or it does both, right? What, yeah, yeah. And so, and I thought that was fascinating and I was just out of there. Bing, bing, bing. So what brought you in there? What kind of symptoms? Oh, oh, um, well, I, no, I, I just said to my uh, family doctor, I said, uh, after I eat for about half an hour, I get these pretty big thumps in my heart. Like my heart goes up after I eat. Okay. Like pretty well all the time for about half an hour and then it goes back down. And it's because of the size of my stomach, I think, or whatever. And she said, oh, well, okay, um, let's try it. Why don't we do a Holter monitor, which I did. And then she said, well, I'll send you to a specialist. So I go and see this guy. And he says, that that can be, is it arrhythmia? It's just, it's, it's like, and some people actually live with it. Like your heart is just does a funny stutter every now and then. And it's just always there. And it could be something like that or whatever. So we'll do this. So that's what we've done. And then I, he's going to call me tomorrow night, a phone consultation tomorrow night to tell me what happened. And then I have an ultrasound on my heart in June. Ultrasound on the heart. Okay. And it took takes that long because the lineup is bigger because it takes 45 minutes oh. to do an ultrasound, right? Holy they got smokes. it. They, they go over it and over it and over it and over it, I guess. I guess that's, and uh, that's where that lies. So next time we meet, I can tell you what Dr. Sang said. So my family doctor is Dr. Song. My cardiologist is Dr. Sang. <laughs> And we were looking for a Dr. Sung somewhere, but I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully you can find one. Yeah. That's my story. That's my... Well, listeners, right. I'm, I got to tell you guys, I'm pretty freaked out. Like, I went to the doctor in the last couple of weeks because I had a cold that wouldn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> my little story was going to be, you he were... gave me a mask. I got a mask. Because masks down here are impossible to find. Yeah. I was going to bring it today, but I'm sorry, I forgot. And just a but... reminder, guys, I got masks if you need them. Oh. <laughs> I forgot it, but our pusher. Wow! <laughs> so I got an, I, yeah. you know, I feel like saying, "Oh, I got some antibiotics because I did." But wow, you guys, this is freaky stuff. No, think, and, and it sounds like you're rich guys. You've got a kidney guy, he's got a heart guy, and you know, I've got Doctor Chan. <laughs> he's a GP. <laughs> like woof. while I was in there, they. They want to put me on Humira uh, just because the inflammation in my bowel, it's a kind of lifetime medicine. You inject yourself every two weeks. And that's a whole other side story. It's pretty fascinating. And expensive from what I heard. Super expensive. That's but right. But not to RJ, although we will set up a Patreon thing for you anyways. Yeah, no, no, no. I think, uh, I think it'll all get paid for, I believe. Complex but waters. What about this The little, it showed a, the thinning of the intestine What it, where he... But do they do anything about that? Like yeah. they don't, they don't stent that or anything. Yeah, that thinning. He says that that we got to see if that's still there in six months. Oh. That that narrowing there, it could be some scar tissue as well, just from over and over having kind of roughage go through there. Right. 
but mm-hmm. but but they're not worried that it still functions just fine. He, he's saying uh, low residue diet for the next six months, and then if that narrowing is still there, then they'll talk to me about whether I want them to go in and snip it out, get rid of uh, it. Uh, okay, you know, what, which what I, is a low residue diet? Well, that's by? like all the all the bad stuff. You know, like so highly ground and processed fi- fi- uh, flour, like anything that's high glycemic is generally fine because it's got absolutely no fiber in it usually. Um, so it's all the stuff that you want to avoid eating. That's what, that's what uh, you know, I can eat all the yogurt I want to, which is fine. And, you know, you could try and avoid because you can have just relentless sugar if you're not careful, right? <laughs> like. Like most yogurts, just candy, right? Do you so you get the gotta, sense that a lot of your treatment is circular? <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. Like, the next geez. thing you know, I'm just going to, my weight gain will go up. I'll end up with diabetes. <laughs> yeah, and we just start down the whole cycle again. And yeah. Anyway, you have to be, oh. you have to figure it all out. And uh, then, so six months of a low fiber diet. And then if that narrowing's still there, he says he's going to do an MRI this time. So uh, I've never had one of those. You guys had one? That's the nuclear, isn't it? I got to know. Yeah, it's magnetic. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, they put the okay. there's a special machine there for the for the to feed the, the kind yeah, of, it's, but and it's it's plutonium or something, isn't oh, it? Okay, so little, all right. And that so there's a mild brightens glow, everything in there. Mild glow for the next few days. Yeah, yeah. Can't go yeah. to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of health issues, boys, go on. A long time friend of the show. Long time friend of the show uh, had a terrible health problem over the weekend. You may recall in our first ever couple of episodes, two years ago now, we talked about Mad Mike Hughes. Remember Mad Mike Hughes? Mad Mike Hughes. The guy who made his own rocket. Oh, yes, yes. And he yes. flew it, and then he got involved. We, re- we re- revisited Mike Hughes we a couple did, of times, too. Because we he got into the Flat Earth thing to get sponsorship. <laughs> That's right. He might have even been in our first episode. He may have. It was like one well, or two. Yeah. Mad Mike met his untimely demise this yes. last weekend. He launched, went way up there, and came straight, directly, no parachutes, down. And that's the last we'll be reporting on Mad Mike Hughes. Yeah, they think that... The rocket kind of leaned into the stand and it took off. And they think the stand was cutting all the parachute cords as he was taking off. So Nasty. Yeah. Well, you know, are we supposed to feel bad? Because we did make um, quite a bit of fun of him. No, I don't, I don't really think we should actually f- feel that bad. I don't I mean think, to sound insensitive or anything. But I think we should feel bad If you're manufacturing your own rocket, come on. Well, we all do crazy things in our life, Skin. Well, no, but I mean, you that's still have next to feel level. bad for him. That's like trying to set the world free diving record, you know, uh, you, you get a giant boulder and you jump into 700 feet of water. Oh, right. If you right. die doing that, I think everybody has to say, well, he died doing what he loved because yes. the risk is so, if you're manufacturing right. your own rocket, I'm going to say the risks you're taking are just unbelievable. Right. He was up around maybe worse than Everest climbers. Well, and yeah, way. Because Be- I mean, because we saw that one video where they're trying to haul the rocket around and they drop it on the ground. Well, yeah. Like just, and, and not only oh. that, he survived at least two rocket flights. Like <laughs> he did it twice yeah. already. Like, no, I'm feeling really bad for chuckling. The I'm guy not, passed away. I mean. I, we all do stupid things in our lives. Yeah. I, don't, I shouldn't say I'm not. Or but, uh, we all have our, what do you call it? Fixations. 
and he was fixated on that. Well, yes. So we can take a moment to, to be grateful that we're not fixated on some potentially mortal thing. Mm. You know, maybe we're fixated on playing Forge of Empires instead of making our own rockets yeah, well, so that we can see whether the Earth, lucky us, I, I, we can be grateful about that. Well, if a... If my delaying my kidney stone thing just to get the uh, testing for my sleep apnea causes me to actually die, you guys can chuckle as well and be okay. Well, we won't because you didn't go out of your way to pursue a kidney stone. (laughs) You didn't manufacture your own kidney stone. No, but I didn't want to have to be nauseous after. (laughs) I didn't want to have to have pain. It was his choice, Skin. Anyway. He went like he thought he would. (laughs) Doing what he loved. Not having pain and nausea. (laughs) Way to go. Yeah, so I sent you guys, I sent you guys a thing a couple of weeks ago, and I heard crickets on it. I sent you Mad Mike, heard crickets on that too, but I a couple of weeks ago I sent you a thing. You know, I, I just gave a heartfelt monologue about my Twitter explorations, but a much less uh, serious issue has been my momentary infatuation uh, with YouTube videos. We always seem to touch on YouTube videos of certain flavors. I went down this full-on rabbit hole with regard to heavy equipment being restarted after years and years and years of not running. I gave you feedback on that. Uh, did you just speak about it? I can't remember. I, th- you yeah, did I think, I think we uh, sent to and fro. Basically, I said it didn't do much yeah. for me. Well, <laughs> yeah, I take it back then, so say? it wasn't crickets. That's fair. Yeah. You did provide feedback, so thank you for that. And maybe if I had been on the big screen, maybe... It all has to do with how much time do you have as well, right? Like if you have five minutes and a 30-minute video, then what happens is you go, this isn't worth my time. And that, But if if you go, yeah, I've got nothing to do, I'm going to YouTube for a while. Then yeah. It's also, honestly, I think a I'm lot not, of it. I'm not a mechanic, right? I, so I don't go, oh, I wonder how this is going to work out. What do you have to do with that? Or I'm thinking, good God, I'm sure I'm glad I'm not doing this. I think that's a lot of it. I think a lot of it for me has to do with having kept a number of different cars running on a wing and a prayer for years in my past lives, including bars leaks in my current one, I guess. But, and that makes you relate to what, you know, they find something in the woods someplace buried and it hasn't run for 10 years. That is impressive. Well, it's an interesting progression because the guy I really liked, you know, he does everything. He looks at this thing, he changes out all the filters, he drains the fuel out of it, he captures it all. He takes the oil out of it. He cleans the oil pan thoroughly, puts in a new seal. He does all this stuff before he even attempts to start the thing, right? He just looks at it and decides, okay, it looks like it should probably run. There's no obvious leaks or damage that I can see. And so you get this little tutorial on how these things work, at least at one level or another, like all these filters and things you have to do. And they have what they call pony engines, which is a small gasoline engine that they have to repair that and get that running because what it's used for, it's the starter it's engine the starter for the engine. big diesel one, right? Yeah. And so they go through all the stuff and then he gets it going, you know, and he, he does all the stuff. Once the engine's running, then he's satisfied and he, he then atter- attends to the transmission and all the lubrication points and he does all this. So I thought that was fascinating. And then there's other guys who do more what I would do. They see this old thing, they bring in a brand new giant battery 
they pull the old battery out and they get a whole bunch of quick start. That's, I think it's ether and they just spray it into the air. They don't even look like there could be rats living in there. There could be <laughs> snakes underneath it. They don't care. They just hook this thing up. And if the starter doesn't work, they just hotwire it and they just crank it until they see if it'll start. And I mean, that kind of thing, if it does start, odds are fair it's going to self-destruct in about five minutes because the oil's a thousand years old and the coolant doesn't exist and all the rest of it right so you get into this whole thing about assessing the quality of effort these guys put into reviving these old machines like the first guy does it specifically so he can put it to use and everybody else is doing it specifically so they can make a video about it you know what i mean like it's just fun I, I thought it was fun, and I'm disappointed that you guys... I'm sorry I missed it, Skin, because I see your pleasure in just yeah. you know, retelling the story. Well, it's No, just, but I think it's interesting. It is I fun. Would, I, I, would I really think it was More cool. than Rich. I would probably enjoy it. Yeah. And I have more time to kill than Rich does. <laughs> well, and I, I do understand that it it's is debatable. kind of a limited, a limited taste, but still, I thought it was pretty neat. Well, thanks everybody for listening, boys. That was a pretty good bunch of stuff. I don't know how everybody's going to feel about it. Can I put music in here? Is there any place I can spice this up with amusing sound effects? We'll have to see in the final product. Yeah, exactly. The sound of Ladybug when she dies. I saw that. I saw that somewhere. This is going to screw up the outro, but I saw that somewhere. A little brief clip of ColecoVision. Yeah. With the ladybug dying. (laughs) Whatever it does, yeah. Yeah. You can still play ladybug on emulator. Yeah. uh, It just doesn't have the magic. You can't recreate. No. Pain in Wellington. You can't recreate that. You can't recreate the desperate force with which you press the buttons of the worn out controller trying to make a contact that no longer exists. The cool ecovision that fell off a truck. <laughs> it's great playing hockey. You know all kinds of guys, eh? Uh, anyways, thanks everybody for being with us. Uh, make sure and take care of yourselves. Like we said, tough couple of weeks. Probably more of that coming. So look out for yourself. Look out for your friends. And uh, look out for us in the next podcast. We expect you to be here, damn it. Thanks. Thanks.